goodness gracious. How many of you 
Any of you raised in one of those kind of places? Yeah. Not a big city, not a big town, just a... Yeah. You're now entering Morissette. The other side of the south, you're now leaving Morissette. <laughs> not that much. Kind of a rural community. It's like... Uh, where, where were you from? Well, I, I used to tell people, well, from Mifflinville. And it's not on the map because it no longer exists. So I just always say Columbus. But uh, I was born and raised in Mifflinville. Where's it at? It no longer exists. No. <laughs> it's a little stretch of Route 3 okay. above and below Innis Road up north. It's, it's uh, it would be uh, west of Gehanna, a little bit west of Gehanna, and uh, south of Westerville. But for all intents and purposes, just a, I got picked on by the city dwellers in the church I was raised in. That's one leaving right over there. They used to pick on us. They called us. They said. You people out there in Mifflinville, you bunch of hicks. They, they, they said they don't drive cars, they drive tractors. Well, it's true, but, but it's... Uh, well, see, uh, Micah was from the rural side of Israel. And uh, yet he has come under the hand of the Lord to prophesy against what's going on in Jerusalem, the kingdom of Judah, and the northern kingdom, uh, the kingdom of Israel, whose capital was Samaria. And kind of reminds me of the ministry of David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson was a rural country preacher. Assembly of God country preacher. And Everybody thought he was crazy, especially his family. When the Lord spoke to him and called him to New York City to preach from the street corners to the street gates. And uh, we have the, the story called The Cross and the Switchblade, the story of David Wilkerson going to New York City and encountering the, uh, the drug traffic and the the murderous gangs and everything, but God called him, and uh, uh, he brought the flair of the country to the city, and boy, did they make fun of him and his accent and those kind of things. I don't know if that happened to Micah or not, but Micah is a, he's a country boy, and he's talking to the kings and the leaders in the big cities. So he spoke out strongly against certain things. We'll be dealing with that today. His name meant, well, it still does. It, it means, who is like the Lord? That's what his name means. Nobody's like him, amen? amen. Who's like the Lord? Nobody. Trying to, uh, even his name is calling the people, you know, you, you've drifted away from God, but who's like Who's like the Lord? Why would you want to leave Him? Why would you want to go away? Have you ever talked with somebody that you know they're backslidden, they used to follow the Lord and they've gotten away from Him? Have you ever posed that question? 
What, what's in backsliding that is so enticing? And uh, who is like the Lord? We find that uh, it's from Morseth. He prophesied during the time, the same time period that Isaiah was prophesied. And he was a younger, rural Isaiah kind of prophet. Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. I hate it when my computer makes me skip lines to get everything on the same line. That's not Ezekiah, that's Hezekiah. And from the year 750 to 7 to 687 BC, he prophesied during the, the uh, reigns of those kings of Judah. Somebody tell me why he prophesied from 750 <coughs> to 687, why it goes backwards. Yeah, our, our B.C. and A.D. were not in the place back there. If you go to uh, Jewish synagogues today or Jew have Jewish literature, they have a Hebrew date <laughs> that's thousands of years. Uh, they don't change it at uh, the birth of Christ. They change the timing uh the church was uh, very prominent at that time, and they said, in the year of our Lord, antes domini, in the year of our Lord, so they reconnoitered the time after Jesus was born. And then B.C., before Christ. Anybody know what they use now? The scientific community does not like A.D., because they don't want to talk about the Lord or before Christ, they certainly don't want to talk about that. What uh, abbreviations do secular uh, historians use? BCE. BCE, and that means? Before the Common Era. Before the Common Era. Now, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and the Common Era, CE. So they'll do anything other than to talk about Christ. But we, we still, most of the world goes with A.D. and B.C. So, it runs backwards. And you say, well, how did they keep time back then? They didn't keep it this way. I'll tell you that. They, uh, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of dates in the Bible. How did they determine the time setting or the framework in the Bible books? if they don't use dates or years. Well, uh, how does it do it in, in uh, Micah 1? They say, while, like for instance Isaiah starts off, in the year that King Uzziah died. Doesn't tell you what year it was. Right? It, they're not interested so much in the dates, but the timing of what's going on. And he prophesied during the, the, the Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So you can 
trying to go back and trace, and that's what that's all about. It was a time period of, of great uh, sin and wickedness in both the northern kingdom of Samaria and the southern kingdom of Judah, and God was just about ready to judge, and the judgment on the southern kingdom was what? New Babylon was going to come and take him captive and destroy the temple and destroy the wall. So this is the time period before that happens when people are turning away from God, uh, doing all kinds of things. And during the same time period of the prophecies of Isaiah. So when you read Isaiah's prophecies and you lay aside the small uh, book of, of Micah, you see some of the same issues developing about false prophets and, and false teachers and, and false shepherds all throughout those prophecies. I'd like for somebody to read one of the greatest verses in, in Micah. Could I get somebody to read Micah 5 too? Okay, right down there. In the middle of all the talk of judgment and the Lord standing against <laughs> this prophecy just kind of pops right out of the middle of all the judgments. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall, be, shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose signs have been of old from everlasting. The prophecy about where Jesus was to be born. Amen. Amen. I like this from the standpoint that when you're reading through Micah, and that's that's you know basically what I do, read and reread and reread through it to get some of these concepts. The it just kind of pops out. It's there's nothing before it or after it. It's all this judgment and bad stuff going on. It's just, but out of Bethlehem, a little tiny burg in Judah is coming Messiah. And uh, in the midst of all the things that are happening around us right now, we look at the prophecies that. Even though there's all these bad things going on, Jesus is coming again. Amen. Amen. Jesus is coming again. In the midst of judgment, God always has a, a point of hope in the prophecy. And that's really the only point of hope in the whole prophecy of Micah. One verse out of it all. We want to look at the, the some of the main themes of of Micah's prophecy and it is speaking out against the false prophets of the day and he weaves it into his message the false prophets are saying you're fine don't pay attention to Micah don't pay attention to Isaiah don't, don't do a thing about Jeremiah either uh, you're okay you're still going through the motions of the sacrifices. We have this gorgeous temple of Solomon. Uh, everything's fine. Don't, don't get all hot and bothered about it. 
As long as we're Jews, we're safe. And uh, God wouldn't do anything to his chosen people. And God won't judge you. No need to repent. Uh, there's, you know, you're, you're safe because you're a Jew. And in the midst of that, Micah's prophecy is against these false prophets. Uh, I need somebody to read for me. Micah 3, 6, and 7. We'll do that one for me. You got it? Okay, Micah 3, 6, and 7. Therefore, night shall be unto you, that ye shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that ye shall not divide, the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. Okay. He's saying, you false prophets, it's just to be darkness. You don't have any any foresight of what's going on. You're in the dark because you're not speaking for God. You're not speaking for what God uh, has to say. Am I? Yeah. Okay. He says, you're going to be ashamed. You cover your lips for there is no answer from God. God's not speaking through you. God's telling Micah to warn the people of impending judgment. While the prophets, the priests, the leaders are saying, everything's fine. This is wonderful. Things are getting better and better. And there's two voices, basically, coming out of the temple and out of the, the leadership of the country. And they're saying things contrary to what Mike is saying. It's, uh, if you're the person condemning evil you're going to be the, the short voice today, right? Because we're supposed to, everything's wonderful, everything's just great nothing bad's going to happen God wouldn't send anybody to hell oh there's not going to be a judgment oh no, nothing bad can happen um, but that's false and the Bible has a lot to say about <coughs> False teachers, false prophets, false shepherds. And uh, we want to look at that today as our, as our prayer focus. How to pray in these days about all the false teaching and false prophets and false shepherds that are out there leading the sheep astray. Have any of you been bothered by this? Like, yes. I've been bothered by this. It, I, and it's, I was telling the ladies before as we were talking about some of this, um, they're, they're speaking their lies and their distortions to thousands. And cheering them on. Uh, I, you know, you 
say, well, why do you listen to these things? Well, I listen so I can discern and uh, uh, share with you some of the things that are going on, some of the wacko teachings that are going on. I heard one this morning uh, from one of the biggest false prophets of our day, and that's Bill Johnson out of Bethel Church in California. Former Assembly of God guy. He was booted because he just whacked up. And yet thousands of followers. And he was teaching today on, on his little podcast. He said, you say, you know, since I have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within me, I, when a lie comes across my path, I discern that. Now that's true. But, because I have the Holy Spirit, I can even speak to that lie and overcome it so that that lie does not make the Word of God uh, make me do anything I don't want to do. What? He's basically saying that he has spiritual power that he can even turn the lies around so they become truth to him. Folks, when I hear wackos like this, I hear this. Remember the old Twilight Zone theme? <laughs> You're in the moment. It's crazy, and yet people, yeah, right on. Heard another guy, I told you about this, Ron Carpenter. He's a motivational uh, preacher. And he said, now what you need to do, <coughs> you need to focus on your dream. You focus on your dream. And you call your dream into reality now. You have the power. To make your dream come true. Well, that's kind of scary. I have weird dreams. How about you? <laughs> Anybody else have weird dreams? Last night, my dreams were so messed up. I don't want to call them into reality. Well, maybe, maybe you can do that, but what if it's not the will of God? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's all about your dream, not what God's plan is. I don't see the the prop the the apostle Paul saying. Now here, here's what you Corinthians need to do. You need to dream big. <laughs> no, you need to focus upon Jesus. Yes. Uh, my goodness gracious. And yet, thousands are cheering. Even more thousands are buying the books and the DVDs and, and, and sending in the money. And Oh my goodness gracious. Very frustrating. Because, think how frustrated Micah was in Isaiah and Jeremiah. They're saying, you're living in sin, God's going to judge, you're going to lose this all if you don't repent. But the majority of people that were speaking for the Lord in those days were saying, ignore those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. A loving God would never send judgment 
You're his chosen people. You're Abraham's seed. True. But they've distorted it. They've distorted it into a lie. And uh, half-truths are worse than whole lies. <laughs> and we're living in a day and age where through the media, through uh, the internet, these false teachings and doctrines are just overwhelming. And uh, I have to take a chill pill every once in a while. You know, I'm doing research and looking at these things. And oh my goodness. We need to learn how to pray yes. about these false teachers. How many would agree with me in these prayers? Because you've got these multitudes that are following these nut jobs. And they're spewing out half-truths. And the people are biting on the whole lot. And it's, it's, it's scary. The Word of God is very clear. and We've discussed this many times before, I know. But when I have a question for clarity, and we need to go through and read some of these about false prophets and teachers and false shepherds, and see what the Word of God has to say about it. Uh, I need somebody to read, look up and read for us Deuteronomy 18, 20-22. Okay, Becky's got that one. Ezekiel 13, 9 and 10. Mary Lou's got that. Matthew 7, 15. I got it. Oh, he's just, uh, oh, Shauna's got it. Okay. Matthew 24, 24. I got it. You got it? Okay. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I'll take that one. <laughs> Come on, people. You were in a donut coma or something this morning. <laughs> 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 5. Anybody? Okay. Mary Lou's going to take a second one. Okay, let's go back over them. Uh, whoops. <coughs> Deuteronomy 18, uh, 20-22. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is a thing which the Lord has not spoken. But the prophet shall, prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. So the proof is in the fulfillment. Uh, I told you before of this one prophetess that has massive following. And she prophesied that during her crusade in, in uh, uh, Orlando, Florida, that Jesus was going to return. And uh, Jesus was going to return. And P I mean, the nut jobs are out there, and they filled to capacity this massive stadium arena. 
expecting that during this three-day crusade, was Jesus was coming. I mean, wouldn't you assume if the prophet had said, Jesus told her he's coming back during this crusade. Wouldn't you, if you're nutty or in a fruitcake, wouldn't you want to be there? It's jammed up. They have to, they have to squeeze people in and have other sites video it because the crowds are massive uh, coming into here. Well, after the the three days of services were completed, and no Jesus showed up. She addressed an overflow crowd the day after and said, well, spiritually, he was here. Because when I was here, I felt his presence walking with me on the platform. And the people cheered. Who was that? Yeah, we wanted that. Paul White? Huh? Paul White? Yeah. Paul White. Yeah. I mean, Paul White. Uh, folks, they cheered. They cheered. And the uh, just whack of Whack a doodle. And uh, no discernment. They speak a lie. It doesn't, it, they speak something, it doesn't come to pass, and they still cheer them on. I've always been upset about this one. Anybody remember Pat Robertson? Yeah. yeah. And God told him, he said, I have it, it's on a video file. God told him he was going to be the next president of the United States. Whoops. <laughs> missed it and then after he didn't make it through the primaries he uh, he changed it to say that he was going to be an advisor to presidents and people still bought his books and funded his programs with no repentance no repentance whatsoever. Folks, we need to know how to pray about these folks. Because it's ramping up. If the church doesn't stand up and, and judge these things, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Ezekiel uh, 13, 9 and 10. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listed in the records of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord, because they lead my people astray, saying, Peace when there is no peace, and because when a flimsy wall was built, they will cover it with whitewash. No, oh, 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 oh. He's painting a picture that says they, they have a shaky thing, they just cover it with some good looking plaster. Any of you ever bought a house like that? That <laughs> they covered it with a good coat of paint, but the, 
the, the foundation was settling and there were huge cracks and, and, but it looked good it looked good till it fell down the, uh, he said that they're, they're going to have no part in, in the record of the house of Israel uh, Matthew 7 15 Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Oh. Now, who might have said this? Jesus. Jesus is telling us we need to beware of these. Because they're going to look like, well, they say they're a Christian. They say that they're a prophet or an apostle or a whatever. Uh, but they are ravenous wolves. What do wolves do to sheep? Kill them. They scatter them and then they kill them. Uh, Matthew 24, 24. For there shall rise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders and so much that if but possible they shall deceive the very elect. Whoa. False Christs or Messiahs, false leaders, uh, false prophets, they'll rise, and what are they going to be able to do? Show great signs and wonders. Well, let me see. This is Jesus speaking, right? Where is the power to do these great signs coming from, if it's not from Jesus. Satan himself. Wow. Isn't that scary? If Jesus is not the power source behind these signs and wonders, there's only one other option, folks. It's either deceptions, smoke and mirrors, or it's the powers of Satan from hell itself. Pastor, yeah. do you think that some of these people that are doing that, do you think they believe it themselves? I, I think they believe their deceptions. The Bible says that some will believe a lie. They will believe a lie because, and we're going to be talking about this in a, in a minute, but if you don't have sufficient word in you, anointed by the Holy Spirit, if somebody brings to you a partial word and you don't know what the whole word says, you're going to be deceived. You're going to be deceived. You're going to be sucked right in. And because they don't deal necessarily in bold-faced lies, they, del they deliver half-truths that ensnare you. Well, this is true, yes. This is true, yes. And then we leap to this. <clears throat> uh, I told you another one of the ones that's just gnawing at me is Jonathan Kahn. 
He's uh, he was former atheist. He's Jewish. He calls he says he's a rabbi now. And he's written tons of books that have millions of followers. And I was watching one of his podcasts, and he has cut his new book. He's trying to sell his new book. His new book, The Ancient Gods. You seen that on the The Ancient Gods? He is saying that. What's happening in America is a reviving of the ancient gods of the Middle East. And so we're, we're fighting these ancient gods of demonic spirits. But they're the same ancient gods. And then he begins to articulate this in this message. He said that he, sh he saw that the Gathering demoniac, he lived. Where did he live? He lived in the caves and in the hollows. Okay, in one translation. And he says, "Okay, I just had this revelation about this. The hollows. If you look up the word hollows, okay. So he's taking a a Greek word and one translation of it, and now he's taking it to the American English Dictionary." A hollow is a hail, H-A-L-E, or a, an enclosure. And the name of the person who did the shootings at the Christian school was hail. So one of the ancient gods, the same spirits that were in the demon-possessed man are in that woman who shot the... What? <laughs> Give me a break. Oh my goodness. And he distorts scripture. All of his books are scriptural distortions with millions of followers. Okay. Where did we stop? Oh, uh, it, 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 mine now. Mine now. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who's the dummy that didn't read yet. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> Second Timothy, uh, Second Timothy, uh, chapter four, verses one through five. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince. Uh oh. Rebuke. Exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. You're going to get afflicted if you do what he just told you to do. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. <clears throat> it was even happening in the days of Paul, the distortions, the half-truths. 1 Timothy uh, 6, 3-6. If anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to godly teaching, he is 
conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and arguments that will result in envy, quarreling, malicious talk, <clears throat> evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means of financial gain. That godliness is a means of gain <clears throat> from such withdrawing yourself. Got to put some distance. One of the major problems is the acceptance of this garbage by people that know better. And they just don't want to make waves, I guess. We, we need to know how to, how to pray over this issue of false teachers. It was an issue for Micah, for Isaiah, for Jeremiah. All throughout the Old Testament, it's an issue today. How to pray? First of all, <coughs> pray they are exposed for what they are. Amen. Pray that they are exposed for what they are. The, uh, the important thing here is that we need, we need to really pray because it's, it's not going to solve itself, folks. This, this rampant dialing up of false teachers and, and their books and their videos and their, all, their, all their stuff, it's not going away, folks. It's getting worse. And God's people, we can't stick our head in the sand and say, well, if I just ignore it, it will go away. No, it won't. And Paul's instruction to Timothy, he says, you've got to preach the word. And, and, and you've got to rebuke. What's a rebuke? Turn away. Huh? Turn away. Turn it away is repent. Rebuke would be what? Get in their face and confront them with the word of God. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> But the trouble is, some people use that as an everyday thing. Yeah? Yeah. You say something, I rebuke you. <coughs> yeah. Could you tell me again for sure what Paula White said that was not right? That Jesus was coming back during her service. Which service? The service one that she had in Orlando. Yeah. Jesus was going to come back on that very stage with her. So that's already passed. Oh yeah, that was three years ago. spiritually. Oh yeah, he came spiritually. That's what she said. He was walking with her on the platform. And they cheered. Does not put a burden on you to tell the people, warn the people. Yeah. Uh, the same instruction that Paul gave to Timothy is the same one I have to walk under as well. If I'm silent, I'm, I'm in trouble. Not with the world, but with with the Lord. See, there, was some, there was some other comment back there. Somebody said something. Were you just chit-chatting? Okay. See that uh, pastor in Germany, you know, he made the comment, 
he should have said something, but he kept back from warning the people, you know who the minister I'm talking about, in World War II. They hung him right there. Yeah. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer yeah. did not hold back. Did not hold back. <coughs> he spoke out against the, the tyranny and the extermination of the Jews, and it cost him his life. He was, right. he was killed. But many held back and didn't didn't speak out. Um, so it's we can suggest how many of you? Let's take a vote here today. How many of you think? This, these false teachings and false uh, doctrines and things are going to go away on their own. <laughs> no. And Jesus is saying, at, as you approach the end of time, how many of you think we might be near the end? As we approach that, it's going to get worse. It's going. To, is it worse? Yes, it is. It's worse. I'm not. I'm not trying to throw stones here. I'm just trying to alert you to. Uh, this is a, a valid prayer need. Uh, one of our larger uh, Assembly of God churches uh, out in Springfield, Missouri, invited Bill Johnson to speak in a seminar there. James River. It's been a solid, solid church for years. But they're starting to invite wackadoodles, false prophets. Maybe they're advising them to stay straight. No. They gave them the platform. They spoke at a seminar. I have no power in the Assemblies of God, or the Church of God, or any other church. But I know somebody who has power. I know somebody who has all power and authority. I know somebody that has commanded me to pray. And he hears our prayers. Amen? Amen. He's not just commanded me to pray. All of us, we can pray that these false teachers, false prophets, false shepherds are exposed for what they are. Don't be in a hurry. Because it isn't going to probably happen overnight. But it can happen. The exposure can come in a variety of ways. People that have lifted themselves up, you've seen some people that have lifted themselves up fall pretty hard. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy on the church in general when they fall. But folks, we need to be praying for these lies to be exposed because people are swallowing this stuff and being led astray. All kinds of perverted doctrines out there that you don't need to repent. Mm. Yeah. 
So the overseers of the Missouri folks that are not overseeing the, the church? Uh, you might mean the overseers of the Missouri? Yeah, the general superintendent and the other groups. They're playing to the to the crowd right now. Yeah. Personal opinion. They're playing to the crowd. Yeah. yeah I, I like a, a Calvary. Have you ever heard of Calvary Chapel? Yeah. Chuck yeah. Smith and them. I always yeah. like them. I hope they No, I, I have no problem. There, yeah, there's I so many out there that are preaching the, the Word of God and are, are like adamant. But there's a lot that have compromised, and we need to not be on that compromise side. That's we right. need to be assertively praying, because these false doctrines are out there, folks, and they're not going away. Right. You just admitted by your own vote, they're not going away. <clears throat> uh, are they? Are they going to go away because of somebody else praying, or you think it might be good for you to get in on the game too? Yes. We need to pray that they are exposed for what they are. Yeah. And uh, the same problem is being had in, in the Church of God. A lot of quality denominations are, rather than confronting these false teachings, are embracing them because people like them. Uh, you know, I've told you before about uh, my issues with Leaders that are saying we, we shouldn't preach about sin uh, or things like immorality, things like that. Uh, we only talk about that within the church, but we're not supposed to go out into the world. Uh, there, there's also a, a prominent uh, on a TV preacher, uh, Andy Stanley, who said recently that he uh, thinks that he is extending an apology to the world, okay? He's extending an apology for the way Christians have have uh, told them that they need to change and and uh, live according to God's word. No, he says, we are to live according to God's word. We can't lay that on you. You don't want to offend anybody. Of course not. Folks, it's epidemic. He also said that the uh, all these sexual when I opened my mouth, they have more faith than he does. Yes, he he, <laughs> he stated that transgenders and homosexuals, uh, all of these LGBTQ, RFD, whatever, have more faith than most Christians because they're standing for what they believe in. <laughs> So this is why the, uh, the gates of heaven have narrowed. Yes, the straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. So we need to pray that they are exposed for what they are and what they're teaching. Another thing of how to pray. Pray their followers see the light through the word of God. Pray that their followers see the light. It's, again, we'd like to just shake people and smack them around and everything. Yes. But, but the thing is, if we can share the Word of God, the Word of God can take care of itself. Yes. 
We live in a day and a time where there is a famine for the true Word of God. Yes, sir. It's all about, you know, giving, getting what you want and mm -hmm. having your dream and, and uh, no suffering, no this, no that, just all the good stuff and you can have anything you dream. And it's not Bible, folks. You are, you're not going to find those principles in the Bible. Now, distortions of biblical principles. Yeah, you'll find that. But uh, not the, those things. The, the whole concept is we need to get the Word of God out there. <coughs> Challenge people to read the Word of God. Don't, don't chew it up for them. I, it's always disgusting to me to see birds feed their young. <laughs> Does it bother anybody else but yes. me? Yes. <laughs> and what what are the birds? How do they feed their young? They go get the worm. They chew up the worm. And then they spit out the worm. And the little one just chew it right up. And I get nauseous when I think. Now that they're used to that. Huh? The birds is used to that. I know they're used to it. But we're not to have bird brains. <laughs> the Word of God can take care of itself. We need to share the Word of God with people. Not just our digesting of it. If I can get somebody into the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit can get a word in there too. Because mm -hmm. He's the author of it. If I can just get people into the Word of God, challenge people. You know, people say, well, I don't believe this. I say, hey, let me challenge you. Read, read a, a chapter a day. Well, I won't see what... Well, if it doesn't do anything for you, that's fine. But challenge people to get in the Word, whether it's a verse or whatever. And the Word of God on the inside, the Holy Spirit can touch that Word at the right time mm -hmm. and speak it into their heart and make it come alive. I know I've told this story many, many times, but I never get tired of telling it, of the, the water baptism at, at the Jordan River when two guys walked into the changing room. My brother and I are in there getting ready to go do water baptism and two guys came in from Russia. They were Muslims but before they got on the boat, they were a ship crew before they got on their boat uh, somebody handed them a Bible. Didn't tell them anything. Just hit, read this. You got time on your hands before you get to Israel at the port. They read it. Both of these young men, Muslims, received Jesus Christ as their Savior Hallelujah. by reading the book. Nobody to teach them. Nobody to chew it up and spit it out to them. They read the word, and when they landed at, at, the, at the dock, they said, we, we, must be they, we must be baptized. They read that. They, they saw that by reading the scriptures. Wonderful. They didn't have to go to a doctor class. They, they knew that. Uh, where, where can you get baptized around here? Well, there's a place, you know, a couple hours away over in uh, uh, 
Tiberius, uh, they have a, at the Jordan River. Jordan River, I read about And you can, you can go there and be baptized. So they sight unseen. They rent a car. They drive all the way over to Tiberias. And they show up at the water baptism site. And they walk in and they pay their ten bucks. And they give them a, a, a robe, a baptismal robe, and a certificate and everything. And they said, now what we do? <laughs> And they said, well, there's some preachers in the, there's some ministers in the changing room. Maybe they baptize you. They came in, talked to my brother Tom and I, and asked us to baptize This word can get in your spirit and change you. And once it's in there, the Holy Spirit can touch it. Yes. And make it come alive at just the right time. And when the word says it will accomplish. Yeah, it will accomplish what he sent him to do. And you say these are Russian Muslims? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of Russian Muslims. Yeah. It's a it's a big thing going on up there. Huge. Muslims have large families. Well they do, but I'm just Russians used to. <laughs> I'm just I'm just surprised, you know, uh that uh that would be allowed in uh, in Russia. Well, Christians are allowed there. You know, there's there's rules and things. They're a, they're under a microscope, but because of terrorist involvements and things like that. But but no, it's a huge uh, group in Russia is Muslim, mm -hmm. yeah. and throughout Europe. But uh, the Word of God, we need to pray that the followers of these gurus, the people that are picking up their books, you know what I do? When I go into a store and I see a, a rack that has some of these wacko nut job preachers and teachers on it, I pray over the books. For the Lord to make it distasteful that they would see through the distortions how many might be willing to just spend a couple moments in a in an aisle of a of a store and pray over some of this garbage? I mean, it's something you can do. Well, you know, I'm pretty busy when I go into the store. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> you deal with it. I planted the seed. I hope it aggravates you. <laughs> when you walk back. Pray their false teaching is condemned by Bible believers rather than cheered. Uh, we need to pray for our leaders, our spiritual leaders, to stand up to these lies, stand up to this false yes. doctrine, stand up to these false teachings. Amen. And uh, the there's a lot that just aren't standing up right now. They don't want to make waves. Uh, they there's whole denominations that are, <coughs> that are uh, just well we'll just let it go on and and uh, we'll not address it. We'll just uh, say that's that's their opinion. Uh, we need to stand up and preach the word. That's what Paul told. Preach the word. Preach the word. Not opinion. Preach the word. 
and the gospel of Jesus Christ, not all of these weird offshoots that are that are coming up that people are are making whole focuses. You know, you've got to have your your dream. You pursue your dream. There's nothing in the Word of God to talk about you having your own little special dream. <laughs> Sorry. We need to pursue the will of God. That's right. God's I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Or, I want to pursue my dreams. But it's in all the cards. I know. <laughs> we need to pray for spiritual leaders to step up and be spiritual leaders. Pray that their hold on people's minds is broken. Yes. That their mind, the hold on their minds. And as we studied in the book of Acts several years ago uh, together, Acts 16, 16, uh, you have the, the little girl that's following Paul and Silas around. Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. You have the little girl following her around. And, and now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And the word there is puthon. It's the same word for python. Now python doesn't kill you with poison. It just squeezes the life right out of you. And the way that a python operates, if you pick up a python and uh, you drape it around, you see people draping it around, you say, well, why aren't they, they uh, uh, squeezed to death? Anybody know why? Because the python has to sink its fangs into a solid and movable object and gain a position to squeeze the life out of you. It can't just squeeze on itself. It has to be anchored in something so that it can squeeze you. And we need to pray that the anchor is broken. That, that uh, people have given place to the devil in some of these teachings. And people's minds are just, the word is being squeezed out and these lies are being cemented in. I'm sorry for talking too much today, but it's, it's, uh, that's your job. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> my job is to talk. Python spirit wraps around the mind and heart with false teachings, fortune tellings things such as this. We need to pray over false teachers, preachers, uh, shepherds. How can a shepherd be false? How can a shepherd? He talked about, the, and Micah talked about the shepherds and the false prophets. And we find that. Can I get somebody to look up uh, 
Jeremiah 23, 1-4. We'll do that one. Jeremiah 23, 1-4. Okay. Marshall. Okay. And then verse 50, chapter 50, verse 6. If you could do... Okay, Tom will do that. Okay. Uh, how, how is it... How does a shepherd lead a flock astray? By preaching his words instead of the Lord's words. Preaching his words, his uh, opinions, his, uh, those kind of things, rather than the word of God, uh, to preaching what's popular, what's uh, thrilling, what's, you know, Temporary say what each ears want to hear. Yeah, what 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 people want to hear is that what they want to say. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 1 through 4. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who be my people, who have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doing, says the Lord. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. <laughs> And then uh, chapter 50, verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from the mountain to the hill. They have forgotten their resting place. Hmm. So, in what ways, what other ways uh, do they lead people astray? These false shepherds. They mix a little bit of truth with it. They mix a little truth in it so it's palatable. <laughs> Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down the medicine. Okay, Mary Poppins philosophy. But how many of you have ever had to give a pill to a dog? Anybody ever had to give a yes. pill to a dog? Yeah. <laughs> now, are, are they real accepting of pills, on the, generally speaking? <laughs> How do you get that pill down that dog? You've got to hide it in something. You've got to hide it in something. Yeah. Hide it in something they like. And uh, I, I've had some pretty smart dogs, though. I put it in a piece of bologna. And... <laughs> it eats it. I put it in a piece of cheese. Oh, but peanut butter. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and false shepherds will, will put it in, a, in something that's uh, attractive and weave it in. They'll take scriptures out of context and try to build something out of them. How else do false shepherds lead the flock astray? They never take them to a resting place. They don't. They don't have a place of peace. They're they're continually striving and struggling, and they're never never good enough. It's it's not that 
shepherds are to uh, just keep beating the sheep all the time and driving them. But there's got to be a place he makes me to lie down. Yes. In Greek. There's got to be some times where we're just arrested in his presence. Amen. What, what else? Yeah. They don't stay. They don't stay in the light. They don't keep their self. They don't examine their self. Mm-hmm. Okay, if they're they're uh, leading astray because they're not sure where they're going. Yes. You know, yes. they're uh, uh, they're not keeping in close relationship with the Lord to find out where God's leading. No. They're leading by their own feel of where the sheep <laughs> want to go. If you're if you're a now mo- nobody here has ever been a shepherd, have you? Okay, <laughs> I'm just speaking. I've never been one either, as far as sheep go. Uh, I've studied a lot about it. But if you let the sheep go where they want to go, you've got a you got a problem. Because sheep are stupid. And that they'll go they'll go wander off, they they'll uh, eat a big grassy meal and frolic and have a heart attack. They'll stick stick their snout right into a babbling brook. <coughs> Almost drown themselves. So you got to be watchful. You can't just let them run, run themselves, and not pay attention to them. Remember, it said that uh, they did not attend to them. False shepherds are in for the role or the position. They want the wool, but they don't want to care for the sheep. And we have a, a rage of false shepherds out there today that don't really care a lick about the sheep. <laughs> it's all about the numbers and the finances and the uh, things such as this. Uh, power, control, whatever. And we need to we need to be a praying people because it's not going away anytime soon. And we need to pray. Let me review it a couple seconds here. We need to pray that false shepherds are exposed for what they are. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is discerning of spirits. Now, discerning of spirits is not just figuring out what a demon looks like or where a demon's at. But the spirit of the demonic or the spirit of the person mm-hmm. that can be not right with God. That there's something wrong there. We need to ask the Lord to give us a discerning heart. Yes. We need to feed on the Word of God so we know when things are false, when they're not according to the Word, of, when they don't line up That's right. with the Word of God. We've got, we've got to feed on the Word of God. Uh, the the scripture says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the whole Psalm, 119 Psalm, is all about the Word of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. As we feed upon the Word of God, anything that is off is evident to us. But if we're not into the Word, if we're not studying, if to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing 
the word of truth. It takes study. It takes. Uh, we need to ask the Lord to help us to feed on the word and rightly divide and discern. <coughs> you say, well, Pastor, where do you, where do you figure these things out? It, it's not that I'm going around looking, but I, I'm, I'm trying to feed on the word so that if the word's here and I'm looking around and it doesn't line up with what's being taught or practiced, and many times, maybe you'll find yourself doing the same thing. I don't know why. Exactly. But that doesn't like that 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 just that just doesn't line up. That's the Holy Spirit working with you. Because he has all truth and we don't. But he will guide us in that direction. There's times where I don't know what's wrong. But I know it's wrong. Yes. And they say, Well, tell me what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. But the Holy Spirit's doing his job. He's letting me know, stay away from that. Run from that garbage. Get away from that. You say, well, what's the harm if, if, if they're doing this? What's the harm of that? Well, the harm is if you'll believe one lie, you'll believe a second. One of those things where people uh, will talk about somebody who has just died. And they say, well, they're an angel now. They're an angel now. And I always... You say, well, why don't you keep your mouth shut? It's a harmless thing. No, it's not harmless. Because they're believing a lie. You do not become an angel when you die. There are angels, and there are people. And uh, one is not the same as the other. You, you do not get your wings when a bell rings. You know? It, 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 uh, you know. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be angels. We're going to be redeemed saints Amen. in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And uh, so if a person is willing to believe the one falsehood, they are susceptible to swallowing another. Yes. It may make you unpopular. But I'd rather be unpopular here and have a lot of people in heaven because they didn't believe the lies. Pray they're exposed for what they are. Pray their followers see the light through the Word of God. You're not going to talk them out of it. I don't want to pop your bubble here, but you're not good enough to talk them out of their allegiance to false things. But God can let the word come up. Pray their false teaching is condemned by Bible believers, you being one. Pray their hold on people's minds is broken. We have a lot to pray about. Micah's situation is very similar to ours. Some are saying God won't judge. Everybody's saying, you say, is that a really a, a teaching? Oh yes, it's huge. It's massive teaching. Here's, here's what they do. They take certain partial truths and then attach a lie to it. And now I've got to stop. i got to stop. <laughs> Just got to stop. Um, Jesus 
came and died for the sins of the whole world, right? Right. Therefore, the debt has already been paid. You're home free. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus already died. Therefore, he paid your debt. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to repent. You don't have to change your life. You don't have to invite Jesus Christ into your life. You don't have to confess your sins. You see, that's taking one thing and divorcing it from the rest of the Word of God. And this is a massive, I'm I'm not exaggerating, this is a massive teaching that is going on right now. You don't need to get people to repent. They're already saved. The price has already been paid. Now, why would people want to believe that? Because it's an easy way. It's an easy way. And it takes you out of any guilt if you have any loved ones. We always pray for unsaved loved ones, don't we? Well, we don't need to do that no more. Because they're already saved. Now, who would be glorified by that teaching? Satan would be glorified because we're suggesting that they don't need to do anything to be saved. Even the the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? He knew. He had to do something. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Now, why didn't Paul tell him, you're fine. (laughs) Jesus already died for your sins. You don't have to do another thing. Just bring us some soup. (laughs) But he didn't say that. Amen? You've got to take the whole word of God. But Satan is rejoicing for this teaching because we're not people stop praying for their unsaved loved ones, stop witnessing to their unsaved loved ones, stop trying to reach them with the gospel. Tom knows this one. I, I was I was I was just grieved, grieved in my heart. I was at a funeral and the minister said a lot of nice things about the deceased, all true, but never gave an invitation to the scores of people in that room who were lost and going to hell. I was just grieved. I, I, I just groan it. Did he say anything wrong? No. But he missed an opportunity to reach people with a message of salvation. And <coughs> he chalks that up as a win. Boy, the person that died was a godly person, loved the Lord, and uh, she's out of the picture. She was praying for their salvation all their all of her life, and she's out of the picture now, and they didn't hear anything to change their mind. Everybody's going to see her again. No, you're not, if you don't know Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. I talked too much today. I apologize. No, that's good. I'm going to sit down now. I'm going to sit down now.
I'm, I'm requesting your prayer uh, for Sunday's message. The Lord has laid on my heart a message that I don't want it to be misconstrued. I'm not lifting up Satan. I want to unmask him. The devil. It's simply titled Unmasked. And we're going to be looking at who he is and what he does. And uh, anytime that you minister in that realm, the enemy doesn't like it. And so all kinds of things can come against it. And so I would appreciate your prayers uh, as we're preparing and getting ready for Sunday services. I'm believing that the Lord is going to bring some breakthroughs and some watching on live stream can have some breakthroughs and God can do some great things when Satan's ploys are unmasked and we're not walking around in a fog. So I appreciate your prayers. <clears throat> well, let's go to prayer right now. And uh, can we have several lead us out in prayer? Could we, first of all, all of us, before anybody leads out, could we all just begin to pray over the false teachings and prophets yes. and yes. false shepherds that are out there that are leading people astray, half-truths and warped doctrines that are developing an appetite for that kind of thing in people, and they're going to want to satiate that hunger by continuing in error. Could, could we have a few lead us out in prayer over those matters before anything else? Lord Jesus. The Lord would say to his people that yes. there is a smoke that is rising, that's covering, it's choking, disturbing. But there is a strong breeze. The breath of the Holy Spirit would disperse it, would blow it from the hearts and minds of those who have been enshrouded by it. Pray that the winds of the Spirit, even as Ezekiel did, would come from the north, the south, and the east and the west and breathe life and breathe hope and disperse the smoke of the falseness. Almighty God, help us to be a true people of Christ Jesus. Let us stand firmly upon the word of our God and allow Holy Spirit who abides within us yes. to truly guide us and direct us in yes. all truths, yes. to help us to pray, to 
to help us to take a firm stand in doing what is right daily, regardless of the price that we may be required to pay. For you are God, and there is none other. And we ask this in the precious name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Dear Lord God, we ask you to look down upon your people at this time, Lord. The, <coughs> your people that have to stand on that rock, Lord. That rock will never lose, Lord. You are the truth, Lord. You are our light, Lord. And the path to follow, Lord. Look down upon every request, Lord, that it comes up for you, Lord. First, surely you are a prayer answering God, Lord. Yes. Yes. 